Welcome to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast, sponsored by Markel, the insurance with horse sense. Let's jump right in. My name is Morgan Moore, and I am here with the We Love Arabian Horses global podcast. And today we get the honor of speaking with the incredible equine photographer, April Vizel. April, thank you for joining. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) I kind of feel lucky that I get to do this with you first, because this is my first podcast that I'm recording. And I feel like I lucked out because I get to talk to one of my favorite people. I'm just sad that we're not like in person together. I know. Hanging out. You're my buddy. This is the best way to do it. This is the best way to do it. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually excited to ask you these questions too. Are you nervous? I'm ready. I'm ready. ready. Okay. Okay, Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) So first question, how did you discover your passion for horses and in particular Arabian horses? I have this story that a lot of people have uh, where they were born into horses. So my mom was a horse lover. And when I was I came out of the womb, I feel like I landed on a horse with my mom. So it was casual riding. You know, she just had local neighbor horses and stuff. And she took me riding a lot. And then when I was five and six, they got me a set of ponies. The neighbor went half and half and they got one and I got one. And in the end, of course, I ended up being responsible for both of them. They stayed with me till I was 23. But in the middle, somewhere around, I would say I was 11, maybe 10 or 11. My mom got a box of um, Arabian Horse World magazines from a thrift, like a yard sale, really, and brought them home for me because she knew I was a horse nut and I was already horse crazy from the very beginning. And she brought these magazines home and they just resonated with me because around that same time was the Black Stallion, which is everybody's Mm -hmm. story from history. You know, I was watching that a thousand times over every day. We had it on VHS and I would watch it constantly. So I was already starting to think of Arabians and I think that's what my made my mom even think to get that box for me and they turned out to be all these magazines from the 80s and I just disintegrated these magazines and cut out every single picture no matter how small the editorial picture was until they collaged my walls I shared a room with my sister so I had half the room and the my half of the room was completely collaged in all of those magazines I think had 12 of them and then any of my drawings which I was tracing I would pause the um, black stallion in the you know frames where he was rearing and things and then I would use tracing paper and trace it so just that whole mix of everything just really honed me into the Arabian part of my horse crazy fanaticism I was just everything horse and then when I turned um 14 my parents got me a bigger horse not a pony and he was half Arab and half Tennessee Walker and then that was just sort of that was it for me I was like every horse needed to be at least partly Arabian. It needed to carry its tail. It needed to be dishy, which, you know, back then he wasn't really that dishy. But for me, it I just was obsessed. Like that was for me, that was the only horse there was. If it wasn't a pony, it was an Arabian. So it just kind of started there. All right. I know a lot of people have the Black Stallion story, but not a lot of people have the Black Stallion tracing paper paused video story. <laughs> I think that would be the first that I've heard that one. 
I, I did not know that your first Arabian was a half Tennessee Walker. I super love that actually. I know you have a Tennessee Walker too. So I'm always partial to them as well. He was beautiful and fun and he looked more like an Arab, but he could walk really fast. So it was a fun mix. I used to ride him to all my babysitting jobs. He was my buddy. You tied him outside during your babysitting jobs? Just like, yeah, well, sort of. I had, we lived where people had farms. So one of my big jobs was a big farm. So they would let me put him in a stall while I was babysitting. It was awesome. And then I would ride him home at night. It was amazing. That's amazing. See, I'm learning all kinds of things. This is why it's fun. (laughs) So, did your passion for photography start simultaneous to your passion for horses? Was it this access to the magazines that stirred that? Or where did you pick up your passion for photography? Uh, they definitely were not related because we grew up poor. We didn't really have the money for film and cameras and things like that. I'm really artistic. I liked drawing. Obviously, I was tracing and doing all these drawings of horses and stuff, but I, I never really thought or considered photography as an option for myself because we just didn't have access to it. Um, so I, I was 22, 23 and I met my husband, Brandon, and he had quite a bit of experience with cameras. He had went to school for some classes and things like that. And he had bought me first a film camera, but that, just didn't really work for me because I didn't know anything about it and you couldn't practice, you know, you only had 24, 36 frames to practice and it was expensive to get those done and it just wasn't working for me. And then really quickly after that digital came out. And so he took my camera in and traded it and brought me back a digital camera. And then that unleashed this ability to practice and practice and shoot, you know, endlessly and just erase and start over. And so I would shoot everything. I would run around taking pictures of flowers and all that. And the story that I always tell everybody, I did have an aha moment because at the time I had three Arabians and I was shooting flowers and they were running around as Arabs do for fun. And when they went by me, actually, now that I really think about it, they went by me and they were backlit. So there was a ton of dust and they were running past and I looked up at them and I'm like, oh, I should try to take a picture. And right at that moment, I remembered all the pictures on my wall of Arabian Horse World magazine. And I just was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to shoot horses and I'm going to be on that. I'm going to be on that magazine on the cover of that magazine, really. I mean, I thought I'd be in it, but I was like, I want to be on the cover of that magazine and those type of images were what I wanted to shoot. So it all just kind of came together in that quick moment. And then it was, it was crazy from there. Then I was stalking my horses every day, taking pictures and it just went wild. I I had a focus. I was hyper-focused on the fact that I was going to be on that magazine (laughs) and everything just went crazy from there. And now you've been on that cover. How many times do you even know? No, I don't, a lot. I I got A a lot. I've been on it a lot. And it, and it was the right route to go because in order to be on the cover, you needed to navigate through the Arabian business a certain way to get on that cover. You needed to know certain people. You needed to get their trust and, you know, allow them to ha- or hopefully have them let you come and take their pictures of their horse. You know, it takes a lot of work. They have to groom them and clean them and prep them and use their people. So for them to do that on a new girl that they didn't know, I started to follow a film crew around that was more established that was shooting Arabians and I would just come along and shoot stills behind them. So I was getting free 
visual of a horse that was prepared and, and prepped and turned out to be very famous actually. And I ended up getting a picture that was undeniably good and had to go on the cover because it was so undeniably like it was Eden C. So he's a glorious, he's my favorite horse ever. And he just did all the right things. And I got the picture and they said, we have to use this for the cover regardless of who she is. And then once I went on the cover and I had my name on there, then it was much easier to start shooting and have people take a chance on me to get pictures. So it's quick. It's quick and fast. Amazing. You know, I, I love that your photos have this unique style. I feel like anybody can pick out an April Bizel photo when you're flipping through a magazine. Cause like you mentioned earlier, they're backlit and they have a lot of emotion and they're very evocative photos and you feel the movement and the passion of the horse, I think coming through them. And that's why your photography, I think stands apart, um, in the market and why obviously you're so in demand now. Um, I mean, I know I saved my pennies to shoot with you when I was a kid. So oh, um, <laughs> one of the first ones, Morgan, I know. Well, I'm Love just so that. glad I have those photos. I like saved up for a year. Um, but I, I think that's what makes that so interesting is that you had that style from day one. And I don't think I, I knew that part either. Um, the other thing you do really, really well is that you can capture the human horse connection in a way that I think almost no one else can. You're really good at finding those moments and picking the interactions where the horses are sort of speaking to their owners. Can you talk a little bit about how you started crafting that segment of your business and sort of what draws you into those types of photos? You know, it's interesting because at the beginning, for me all the way through my childhood and all the beginning of my photography, for me, it was always the horses. It was never the people. As a matter of fact, I had this horrible habit of photographing a horse being ridden and cutting the human off like cutting the head off because subconsciously I just was not looking at them I was looking at the horses and I didn't want horses with tack I just wanted these naked you know wild looking horses and stuff and then it was interesting as I got older and I started to really reflect back you know we also like I lost some horses the ones that have been with me a long time and you start to get older and more reflective on what horses mean to you as a person. And they were my friends. They were my trainers. They were my everything. And I started to really connect what they meant to me. And then I started, you're actually a good example of that. When I met you in Montana, you guys were young and you were working many jobs and you were so passionate about the horses and you were saving your money for photo shoots because you were just really passionate. And I wanted to be a part of that passion. I could understand it. I felt like I understood that. And it, you know, both of you girls were beautiful anyway. And when I saw how you were with your horses, it really started triggering that part of it. We were shooting weddings. So we had started to accept weddings for friends and things like that. So I had started to get better at shooting humans separately from horses. And so I started to kind of just mix those two things together and realize that I, if I was going to have a person in my picture with the horse, I wanted to catch the connection because that's what it means to me, even with backlighting and, and lighting and stuff like that. I, I don't want people to see my picture and think it's a documented moment of a horse I want them to feel what I felt and I feel sometimes like light 
and movement and emotion is the only way to sort of help that come through the photo for somebody else. I just, I want them to feel what I felt. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. So the connection with people, I just really love when somebody loves horses. It really moves me. And obviously to the contrary, if you can see that there's a separation between a human and a horse, a lot of times I'm really kind of turned off by that. But when they're connected, it's just really, I'm a, I'm a super empathetic person and I feel a lot of that kind of stuff. And I, it really moves me. Like it's a, it's a big part of, I don't know, what's the right way to say that? It moves you and it inspires me and I, I resonate with it. So that's, I'm just, and then it kept progressing to the point where I started to see that, you know, and magazines and fashion and things like that, you started to see people with horses. And sometimes there would be a picture where they're connected and it really had a meaningful feeling. And then sometimes you would see a complete disconnect and how strange that felt to me to have a horse in a photo, but the person not be, you know, interacting or connecting with it. So yeah, I just got kind of, I don't know. I think it was a big joint thing between me shooting weddings and humans that way. And then my horse business, they just kind of merged together into one. Mm -hmm. And do you think there's, there's something different between the way an Arabian connects to a human and a different breed connects to a human? Oh yeah. 100, 100 million percent. There's no breed on the planet. And I have, I'm, I have Spanish horses and I shoot Spanish horses and Baroque horses and quarter horses and all that. There's no breed as sensitive, empathetic, and tuned into a human being as an Arabian, which is why they, you know, sometimes people either absolutely are infatuated and love them or can't stand them because the Arabian horse is a mirror to you. So some people don't like what they see and some people do. And some people, you know, really crave that. And some people don't need that. They need a horse that isn't in their business and, you know, acts in separately from them and just does their job and then you know ravens were living in tents with people in the original days and that's where they wanted to be so yeah they are oof. if you want what well, relationship with an arabian is so much more deep sometimes than and it's not to say that all you know I'm, I'm a horse lover of all breeds but arabians are the next level they're the next level just the sensitivity alone is just not matched I think that shines through in that album that you shared um, on Facebook. I think originally you've got a sort of collection of images of Arabians with their people um, and everything you described, I think definitely shines through in all of those. So hopefully people will be able to check out some of those images on, on the website and um, also visit your gallery online after this. But I, I did want to go back and ask too, because you mentioned the emotion and the empathetic nature of Arabians. I know you get moved on a lot of shoots. What was the most moving photo shoot you ever had with an Arabian horse? (laughs) That's so hard because, you know, anything artistic has to do with your state of mind and, and whatever. So it could be, it could be something I just needed that day. And I was moved. Um, I've, I've, (laughs) I don't even know. I couldn't even begin to tell you because I've, it's everything from, um, like famous stallion, uh, Marwan Al-Shakab or Ghazal Al-Shakab. It was really Marwan. I was photographing him and, and he just had this crazy neck 
and he turned to the side and it was so extreme and so shapely and beautiful that I was like, oh, I was like, got all the hairs were standing up on my body and I was getting like choked up. And then within, I think it was later that day or the next day, we photographed his father and Ghazal was this super beautiful horse. And when you show a stallion and a mare, you know, they're looking at her and they're looking amazing and they're teasing to this mare, but that usually only lasts maybe, I don't know, five, 10 minutes before they assess the situation. They either want to do the job. They feel like the girl doesn't like them. You know, it changes. So the picture's not as intense. And I caught myself 30 minutes into this photo shoot with Ghazal. And every single time we took the mare away and walked him back, it was like the first time he ever saw her. And he was more extreme and more crazy. And so then I started moving around and he would do it each time. And I would pick a new angle and I would pick new light. And I just, for some reason, maybe I had had a struggle or something recent where that wasn't that easy. And I just started crying. I like it, it hit me in the middle of the shoot that it had been 30 minutes. And then I had this endless amount of pictures and that he was so full of energy and so special. So there's that kind of emotion where I'm crying because I'm just so grateful for that. But then there's also times where I'm photographing um, kids with horses um, and especially Arabians, of course, but when they deal with children, it's so um, obvious the way that they're interacting, the way that they treat kids and the way kids are with horses. I'm numerous times I've shot for Nedra Johnson in the writing Academy I know I think she's been on the podcast too. And her kids are horse obsessed and the horses, she only uses Arabians and they treat the kids like their children. It's just really, truly. So I always get choked up about that. And gosh, I could name endless. Anytime a mare does something fantastic, it's a gift because she doesn't have to. She's not hormonal. She's not chasing after anything. She's just doing it because she chooses to. So I always get really choked up about that. And Oh, any, anytime there's any interaction between a person and a horse or, or a horse gave it to me. I've had a lot of horses come to me after a photo shoot because I was the one standing quietly and they've come to me to sit with me and stuff. And I always get, you know, a little choked up about that too. So I, I, yeah, I could, I could go on and name all the horses, you know, it's, there's millions of them, but some are just, El Nabila is probably one of my most sentimental stallions. I would say he's the most connected. He's the most wonderful and he's older. I also have a huge affinity for older horses, which I know, you know, but oftentimes I get really wrapped up in that and I cry a lot for that too. I get that. Especially, I know you've got um, a collection of your own and you've, you've owned multiple horses throughout their entire lives. So um, you're like one of the most committed, most loving horse owners that I've, I've ever met. So it doesn't, surprise me that you also get connected to the oldies um so all of this passion that you have it's, it sounds like such a personal experience for you when you get behind the camera and yet now you're sharing your vision and your knowledge with others so can you talk a little bit about how you've transitioned to offering workshops and sort of what inspired that portion of your platform well, I'm definitely self-taught. I didn't, you know, the way that I kind of told you I started, I didn't just drop everything, and go to school. Once I figured out I wanted to do that, I just started watching videos 
videos. I started to stalk other photographers, look at work and all that, and realized that I wanted to kind of go, I needed opportunity to shoot different things and be taught by somebody. So I started to look up photography workshops that involved horses um, so that I could go practice and learn. And I went to a Tony Stromberg workshop in New Mexico, and that was just beautiful light and horses that lived like they were wild, but they were actually very expensive quarter horses. They were really beautiful horses, but they lived on 20,000 acres and he would get cowboys and they would go find these horses and then line us up and run these horses through canyons with backlighting and, you know, amazing New Mexico light and all of that. And I spent a week with this person and some other group of people. And Tony was so artistic and laid back and he he was so unstructured it was so fantastic he didn't he didn't even have a classroom he just set up his own computer and everybody just sat around this computer to see what he was doing and he had he didn't even know what he was doing he's like I don't know I'm gonna do a little bit of this a little bit of that and at the end we became friends and he would talk to me about stuff and I thought you know I feel like I want to do something like this and I met one other woman in that classroom she was very organized very um she was like a digital artist. So she would paint, but digitally. And she said she was upset with the workshop. She felt like it was so unstructured that she could do it better. So she talked to me and she said, you know, I could put together the logistics if you could arrange photo shoots and we could do this even better than this guy. And I thought, well, I don't think so, but let's try it anyway. And so in my local area, we just started driving around to different farms and finding out if anybody wanted pictures. And we just started to put this thing together and in 2006, I think, was the first one in Ojai, California, we we put together this workshop and we just invited people to come and they would photograph a lot of Spanish horses, Baroque horses. We went um, to Omel Arabs, so I could incorporate some Arabians and we traded for photos. So anybody who needed pictures, we would give them those photos of the you know anybody model that we did and stuff. And it just sort of for about four years. I did that each year with Sharon Shepard. And then we just sort of, I realized that first of all, I could do it, but that I wanted to go sort of a different route. I didn't want it to have so much classroom. I wanted it to be more uh, emotional and artistic so that I could feel the way I felt when, when I was at Tony's workshop, which was just free and inspiring. And I didn't want to have so much structure and I wanted people to feel like they could shoot in any kind of light and any kind of horse. And it just really... It kept going. It just kept growing and growing and it got bigger. And then every year since 2006, we've had to top the year before with the grandioseness of the models and the horses. And, you know, I just started to use anything that I ever wanted to see big giant horses with lots of hair and crazy locations and backlighting. And then we started to get models and we're like, what if this model was wearing this? And what if she was, what if she could wear that and ride crazily and then I started to reflect back to those magazines that I used to see and I thought why can't the model look like a real like an actual model like fashion couture model but then be riding the horse well and then why can't the horse also look really beautiful in this picture as well so that became sort of the premise so if they weren't naked horses which we always have lots of free and loose for art without people in them but that's how I got to know you and everything. We just, I want real horsewomen that also have modeling experience. And that just took off. That seemed to be 
maybe something that was missing a little bit and people were craving and now they come for the experience now they come for the shoots that's hard to set up i remember how i felt when i couldn't get anybody to you know prep a horse for me to do a picture so it's nice to have those things set up for you and them be exceptional so it just kind of went wild from there so we did it in texas and we did it in california since 2006 and then this year we're going to do it in france and texas so we're going to try something new it's exciting awesome. new location new challenges i'm mm -hmm. sure you'll have something fantastic up your it's sleeve totally stressful and totally amazing it's it's always worth it at the end and there's so much emotion but it is you know i'm my own worst enemy because i'm photographing the horses and i'm giving those pictures to everybody modeling and they need to move me and so now i it's like my own standards i are always being raised and i'm always trying to <laughs> make it so i just whatever you can think of in your mind trying to create it and it's it's tough but we do it and it's really really great and we have you, you do a great job as my mom. <laughs> Well, I'm always many a model. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, they're they're amazing opportunities. I think you know for people looking to stand behind a camera for the first time, or maybe they've got experience with cameras and they want to shoot horses for the first time. It's there's no better way to experience shooting naked horses or uh, models or any of it. I mean, the shoots you have are beyond incredible. Um, and now everybody wants uh, to be a part of them. So. Definitely recommend workshops for anybody who's interested in that. So if people want to learn more about your workshops or if they want to do an individual shoot with you or if they want to check out some of your images and, and see the, the human connection component, how do they find you? Uh, I'm, I have a website. It's Vicel Photography, V-I-S-E-L Photography. Um, there's usually information about the workshops and stuff on that. Um, I have a pretty active on Facebook under my just April Vicel. I'm horrible. I've not gotten a business page, which I should, but it's so personal. There's so many years on Facebook that I should probably move to a business page, but April Vicel is where you can find a lot of the workshop images and stuff. Um, Instagram Vicel photography, or there's one also for Vicel workshops. So anytime you message me through any of those, or you email me, I I'm always open. And for photo shoots and things that don't have to do with the workshop, you just ask me and I'm, I'm always traveling all over. I try to, I try to put groups together. So we go to like maybe all Arizona once and California once and put a grouping together so that everybody can share like travel costs and kind of put everything together and do stuff like that. There's nothing I won't shoot Um, this week. I'm shooting Arabian, Spanish horses, minis, engagement shoots, families. I'm doing a dog ad this week so i don't i just like shooting <laughs> so whatever just find like the best way to photograph whatever the subject is and just try to make it feel good that's that's my plan if i don't then i'm always sad with myself and i always have to redo it or try again or you know i just i don't know how to do it any other way <laughs> i don't know how to you set impossible standards for yourself i mean we're all appreciative because the work that comes out of your efforts is amazing. And I mean, I feel like you're going to end up like all your work's going to have some sort of museum display at some point. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I know you put impossible pressure on yourself. I think that's what makes working with you so unique is because you can feel how personal every shoot is and how important it is for 
for you to connect to the subject and find that moment and bring out that emotion. I think that has yielded such a unique feel to your photos that is again, just, just so different from all the other work out there. So I hope everybody jumps on and gets an opportunity to look through all of your work and hunt up those Gazal and Marwan photos because they are truly inspirational or so beautiful. So thank you, April, uh, for talking to me. I mean, I feel like we just, it's like a normal Friday night for us to talk. I know. This is is like how we talk all the time. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you, April. And uh, hopefully everyone will check out those workshops. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is Austin, director of the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to share ideas, feedback, or want to get involved, send me an email at austin at welovearabianhorses.com.